Welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, the podcast that brings you through the entire Bible in 260 days. Have you ever wanted to read the whole Bible but struggled to do so? This podcast is meant to help you do it. With five 15 to 20 minute episodes per week, you will hear the entire Bible read to you. There will also be occasional brief notes to help explain context, as well as a concluding question or thought to consider. So welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, your journey through the Bible in 260 days. Welcome to episode 191. Today we're going to be reading through uh, an Old Testament book called Habakkuk. It's a short book by the prophet Habakkuk, who was a contemporary, uh, lived at the same time as most likely near the end of King Josiah's reign. So the same kind of time as we've been reading from the book of 2 Kings and 2 Chronicles. And basically Habakkuk is having a, a back and forth with God, uh, basically saying to God, why are all these bad, terrible things happening? Why are we having to suffer this way? And God's response each time is telling him about the sin in people's lives, but also the fact that God will one day bring justice as well. And in the midst of this, it ends with this note of hope and even joy, we might say, that he basically Habakkuk expresses that he can trust in God in the midst of all the pain and the suffering. We see something similar in 2 Corinthians 7, and so I think these passages together really will hopefully give us a bit of a sense of how you can actually have joy in the midst of suffering. So let's read from Habakkuk, this uh, ancient uh, prophet, and hear his words that hopefully will speak to our hearts as well. Habakkuk chapter 1. This is the oracle that the prophet Habakkuk saw. How long, Lord, must I cry for help? but you do not listen. I call out to you, violence, but you do not deliver. Why do you force me to witness injustice? Why do you put up with wrongdoing? Destruction and violence confront me. Conflict is present and no one, and one must endure strife. For this reason, the law lacks power and justice is never carried out. Indeed, the wicked intimidate the innocent. For this reason, justice is perverted. God says, look at the nations and pay attention. You will be shocked and amazed. For I will do something in your lifetime that will not that you will not believe even though you are forewarned. Look, I am about to empower the Babylonians, that ruthless and greedy nation. They will sweep across the surface of the earth, seizing dwelling places that do not belong to them. They are frightening and terrifying. They decide for themselves what is right. Their horses are faster than leopards and more alert than wolves in the desert. Their horses gallop. Their horses come a great distance. Like vultures, they swoop down quickly. They devour their prey. All of them intend to do violence. Every face is determined. They take prisoners as easily as one scoops up sand. They mock kings and laugh at rulers. They laugh at every fortified city. They build siege ramps and capture them. They sweep by like the wind and pass on. But the one who considers himself a god will be held guilty. Habakkuk replies, Lord, you have been active from ancient times, my sovereign God. You are immortal. Lord, you have made them your instrument of judgment. Protector, you have appointed them as your instrument of punishment. You are too just to tolerate evil. You are unable to condone wrongdoing. So why do you put up with such treacherous people? Why do you say nothing when the wicked devour those more righteous than they are? You are made like, you made people like fish in the sea, like animals in the sea that have no ruler. The Babylonian tyrant pulls them all up with a fishhook. He hauls them in with his throw net. When he catches them in his dragnet, he is very happy. Because of his success, he offers sacrifices to his throw net and burns incense to his dragnet. 
for because of them he has plenty of food and more than enough to eat. Will he then continue to fill and empty his throne at? Will he always destroy nations and spare none? I will stand at my watchpost. I will remain stationed on this, at the city wall. I will keep watching so I can see what he says to me, and I can know how I should answer when he counters my argument. And the Lord responded, Write down this message. Record it legibly on tablets so that one who announces it may read it easily. For the message is a witness to what is decreed. It gives reliable testimony about matters, how matters will turn out. Even if the message is not fulfilled right away, wait patiently, for it will certainly come to pass. It will not arrive late. Look, the one who desires, whose desires are not upright will faint from exhaustion, but the person of integrity will live because of his faithfulness. Indeed, wine will betray the proud, restless man. His appetite is as big as shields, like death. He is never satisfied. He gathers all the nations. He seizes all peoples. But all these nations will someday taunt him and ridicule him with proverbial sayings, Woe to the one who accumulates what does not belong to him. How long will this go on? He who gets rich by extortion. Your creditors will suddenly attack. Those who terrify you will spring into action and they will rob you. Because you rob many countries, all who are left among the nations will rob you. You have, shed, you have shed human blood and committed violent acts against lands, cities, and those who live in them. The one who builds his house by unjust gain is as good as dead. He does this so he can build his nest way high up and escape the clutches of disaster. Your schemes will bring shame to your house because you destroyed many nations. You will destruct, self-destruct. For the stones and the walls will cry out, and the wooden rafters will answer back. Woe to the one who builds a city by bloodshed, he who starts a town by unjust deeds. Be sure of this, the Lord of heaven's armies has decreed. The nation's efforts will go up in smoke. Their exhausting work will be for nothing. For recognition of the Lord's sovereign majesty will fill the earth just as the waters fill up the sea. Woe to you who force your neighbor to drink wine. You who make others intoxicated by forcing them to drink from a bowl of your furious anger so you can look at their naked bodies. But you will become drunk with shame, not majesty. Now is, it is your turn to drink and expose your uncircumcised foreskin. The cup of wine in the Lord's right hand is coming to you, and disgrace will replace your majestic glory. For you will pay in full for your violent acts against Lebanon. Terrifying judgment will come upon you because of the way you destroyed the wild animals living there. You have shed human blood and committed violent acts against lands, cities, and those who live in them. What good is an idol? Why would a craftsman make it? What good is a metal image that gives misleading oracles? Why would its creator place his trust in it and make such mute, worthless things? Woe to the one who says to wood, Wake up! He who says to speechless stone, Awake! Can it give reliable guidance? It is overlaid with gold and silver. It has no life's breath inside it. But the Lord in his majestic palace, the whole earth is speechless in his presence. This is the prayer of Habakkuk the prophet. Lord, I have heard the report of what you did. I am awed, Lord, by what you accomplished. In our time, repeat those deeds. In our time, reveal them again. But when you cause turmoil, remember to show us mercy. God comes from Taman, the Holy One from Mount Paran. His splendor has covered the skies. The earth is full of his glory. 
His brightness will be as lightning, a two-pronged lightning bolt flashing from his hand. This is the outward display of his power. Plague will go before him. Pestilence will march right behind him. He took his battle position and shook the earth. With a mere look, he frightened the nations. The ancient mountains disintegrated. The primal, primeval hills were flattened. His, his are ancient roads. I saw the tents of Cushan overwhelmed by trouble. The tense curtains of the land of Midian were shaking. Was the Lord mad at the rivers? Were you angry with the rivers? Were you enraged at the sea? such that you would climb into your horse-driven chariots, your victorious chariots. Your bow is ready for action. You commission your arrows. You cause flash floods on the earth's surface. When the mountains see you, they shake. The torrential downpour sweeps through. The great deeps shout out. It lifts its hands high. The sun and moon stand still in their courses. The flash of your arrows drives them away. The bright light of your lightning quick spear. You furiously stomp on the earth. You angrily trample down the nations. You march out to deliver your people, to deliver your special servant. You strike the leader of the wicked nation, laying him open from the lower body to the neck. You pierce the heads of its warriors with a spear. They storm forward to scatter us. They shout with joy as if they were plundering the poor with no opposition. But you trample on the sea with your horses on the surging, raging waters. I listened and my stomach churned. The sound made my lips quiver. My frame went limp as if my bones were decaying. And I shook as I tried to walk. I longed for the day of distress to come upon the people who attack us. When the fig tree does not bud, and there are no grapes on the vine, when the olive trees do not produce and the fields yield no crops, when the sheep disappear from the pen and there are no cattle in the stalls, I will rejoice because of the Lord. I will be happy because of the God who delivers me. The sovereign Lord is my source of strength. He gives me the agility of a deer. He enables me to negotiate the rugged terrain. This prayer is for the song leader. It is to be accompanied by stringed instruments. I hope you were able to follow that along as Habakkuk and God have this back and forth Habakkuk basically saying, why are you allowing all these evil things to happen? Why are you allowing nations like the Babylonian Empire to run over people and to do so much awful evil to them? And God says basically he's using them as an instrument of judgment on people, and yet at the same time God will bring judgment on the Babylonians completely as well. And in seeing God's justice being done and knowing that God can be trusted to bring an end to all evil, and yet at the same time to know that that evil is something that he deserves, Habakkuk can say at the end here that he can rejoice because of the Lord, because God delivers, because God saves, because God shows mercy. And that deliverance is what brings joy, even in the midst of sorrow, recognizing that God is not somehow distant or not caring, but that God in his time and in his way will bring true justice, but also show mercy. Now let's turn to 2 Corinthians 7, where we see Paul speak of similar kinds of things and showing that God's discipline leads to greater joy as we turn to him and trust in him. 2 Corinthians 7. Therefore, since we have these promises, dear friends, let us cleanse ourselves from everything that could defile the body and the spirit and thus accomplish holiness out of reverence for God. Make room for us in your hearts. We have wronged no one. We have ruined no one. We have exploited no one. 
I do not say this to condemn you, for I told you before that you are in our hearts and that we die together and live together with you. I have great confidence in you. I take great pride on your behalf. I am filled with encouragement. I am overflowing with joy in the midst of all our suffering. For even when we came into Macedonia, our body had no rest at all, but we were troubled in every way, struggles from outside, fears within. But God, who encourages the downhearted, encouraged us by the arrival of Titus. We were encouraged not only by his arrival, but also by the encouragement you gave him, as he reported to us your longing, your mourning, your deep concern for me, so that I rejoiced more than ever. For even if I made you sad by my letter, I do not regret having written it, even though I did regret it, for I see that my letter made you sad, though only for a short time. But now I rejoice, not because you were made sad, but because you are made sad to the point of repentance. For you are made sad as God intended, so that you are not harmed in any way by us. For sadness as intended by God produces a repentance that leads to salvation, leaving no regret. But worldly sadness brings about death. For see what this very, for see what this very thing, this sadness as God intended, has produced in you. What eagerness, What defense of yourselves, what indignation, what alarm, what longing, what deep concern, what punishment. In everything, you have proved yourselves to be innocent in this matter. So then, even though I wrote to you, it was not on account of the one who did wrong or on account of the one who was wronged, but to reveal to you your eagerness on our behalf before God. Therefore, we have been encouraged. And in addition to our own encouragement, we rejoiced even more at the joy of Titus because of all that you all of you have because all of you have refreshed his spirit for if i have boasted to him about anything concerning you i have not been embarrassed by you but just as everything we said to you was true so our boasting to titus about you has proved true as well and his affection for you is much greater when he remembers the obedience of you how you welcomed him with fear and trembling I rejoice because in everything I am fully confident in you. What an amazing chapter again, how the Apostle Paul is showing that God's reconciling love, God's grace and mercy produces repentance and change. It leads sometimes to hard comments and hard things said that lead people to repent and to ask for forgiveness, ultimately all bringing back people to joy, joy in God, joy in each other, joy that comes even in the midst of hard times and suffering. Thanks for listening to the Bible in 260 podcast. May what you have heard speak to your heart and mind today. The scriptures quoted are from the Net Bible, http netbible.com, copyright 1996-2019, used with permission from Biblical Studies Press, LLC, all rights reserved. Our theme song for the podcast is The Call by Emily Ruth. You can find The Call and other music by Emily Ruth on Apple Music or Spotify or wherever you find your music. You were always there, whispering the truth.